gentlemen, welcome to this week's edition of Lashing Out Podcast. He's Kevin Quigley. I'm Jared Pergar, and I want Kevin to introduce uh, our guest this week. We've gone way back in the Penn State coaching front to interview a guy that was an integral part of the Penn State football program under Bill O'Brien. Kevin, take it away. Jared, thank you. Uh, I can't. I'm not. I can't be any more excited for this than I am. Uh, former offensive line coach at Elon, formerly tight end coach at Elon. But you guys are going to know him as the 2012 to 2013 Penn State tight ends coach, John Strollo. Welcome to the program. Well, it's great. Good to be here. Thank you. We we can't thank you enough for joining us. That's right. The first big time guest it's, it's had a pleasure. on the podcast. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I qualify for that. So, but it's uh, still early. So technically, you do. <laughs> okay. All right. I got you. All right. Well, I'll I'll take it. So, John, tell us a little bit about your role at Penn State uh, while you were there. Okay. Well, I was like I said, uh, like like uh, Kevin just said, I was the tight end coach. Um, uh, you know, obviously on offense. Uh, and that was basically my rule. I helped on, on some of the kicking game. Uh, we all took some, uh, took some phase of the kicking game, but basically I was a tight end coach and I recruited New England, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, parts of Pennsylvania, uh, basically Northeast. That was pretty much it. Very cool. Very cool. So what was that like to be? So, you know, Kevin mentioned Elon, then you come to Penn State. What was that like for you? Well, I, you know, I, I had been at Duke prior to Elon. Uh, so, you know, I'd, I'd been at that level before. And um, actually, I was at uh, Ball State. And, you know, we, we played teams like Oklahoma and Texas A&M. So it wasn't it wasn't anything really new. It was just the opulence of Penn State, the resources. I, I remember I was interviewed one time. And they asked me, uh, what do you like about Penn State? And the first thing that came to mind was the training table. As you can see, I'm, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm an expert at eating. But what, what, I, what I meant, I, I kind of, I guess I'm a, a little bit of a joker. What I meant was just the, the resources, the, the Penn State resources were, I mean, like, you know, I, I played at Boston College. Uh, I When I was at Duke, we were in the ACC. Uh, at Ball State, we played some big, you know, Oklahoma's as big as it gets. But when I got to Penn State, the just the polish and the, uh, you know, everything about it was just fabulous, just first class. And, um, you know, I was overwhelmed by how nice it was. And that's that's in 2011, 2012, right? So the training table, I think, has gotten a lot better, which I think you would probably enjoy this this go around. Well, you know, at, 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 it's been an arms race uh, for probably started a little bit a little bit before I got to Penn State, uh, but Penn State at the time was essentially uh, like Billy called it the jewel of college football. I mean, at the, at that time. It was as good as it gets. Now I know it's gotten better. Um, you know, I'm I haven't been back, but I, you know, I've I've heard and I've I've stayed in touch with people and I've seen things on TV and, but 
at that time, at that moment, it was it was as good as as I could imagine. And uh, you know, I'm talking about Clemson, Florida State, any place I had been, it was better. So how was how was coaching with Bill O'Brien from an outside perspective? You know, we saw him as just like. I mean, he came in at a terrible time for the program, obviously. Like, what was the inside perspective of coaching with Billy O? Well, I, I knew Billy from uh, from Duke. We had been together at Duke for two years, and I stayed in contact with him. I think basically he hired me because we we had prior contact and we, we had stayed in contact. Um, you know, Billy's a, a tremendous talent. Uh in a lot of ways, uh, he's above, you know, he's, he's uh, on game day. There's nobody better than Bill O'Brien calling plays two minute drill, uh, that sort of thing. And I think his, uh, his ability to process is incredible, make decisions quickly. And, you know, he has great instinct. Uh, you know, he's, uh, He's he's doing what he what he's supposed to be doing. Let's put it that way. Should be a head coach somewhere. He was a tremendous coordinator uh, when I worked with him, and as a head coach, I thought he was great. You know, they they asked me uh, again on one of these interviews at Penn State. A young guy asked me, "Well, do you think he's the perfect man for the job?" And all I could think about was, "Goodness gracious, we're following Joe Paterno. How could you?" You know, what, what on earth am I going to say? So I said, well, you know, there's a difference between perfection and excellence. I said, like, for example, have, have you ever had a perfect pizza? <laughs> you know, meaning how, how do you know what's perfect? Well, they ran with that and they killed me. I mean, everything they said, everything I talked about was was food, which <laughs> I guess they had a point. But I thought at that point in time, they needed a guy that was energetic and was going to work around the clock. And that was Billy. He came in at five in the morning, left the 10 at night. You know, he was just, a, he was an animal. He just did a great job. Kept us, or at least me. I, I can't, I, I can't speak for the other guys that were there, but he kept us above the fray of whatever was going on. You know, the politics of, you know, the unfortunate circumstances, uh, and, you know, we, I mean, I thought we did pretty good, you know. What was it I, like I to be there for that? Because that's that can't be very heartwarming or very welcoming as a, as a coach when you've got all that extracurricular stuff outside and, and there's so much turmoil and so many questions and you probably don't have very many answers. Well, I, you know, like I said, Billy, he insulated, at least he insulated me from that stuff. He handled all of that. And, and just my job was to come in, uh, try to help the, the offense as much as possible, coach the tight ends and recruit. And, you know, uh, occasionally I had to deal with a pointed question from someone, but our, for the most part, our alums gave us tremendous, our football alums gave us tremendous support, especially the younger guys and our, our team, our players were phenomenal. Um, you know, I think Billy, Billy, uh, relied quite a bit on Craig Fitzgerald, uh, too. And Craig had a, a pretty good pulse on the kids and, uh, you know, um, 
the kid, you know, some of the kids left. Hey, let's face it, they they got scared and they left. But the ones that stayed, where they stayed a hundred percent, it was tremendous. How did you keep them there? How what was your recruiting pitch to get them to stay? All we said was stay. You know, this is where I remember I had Jesse James. I said, Where are you going, Jesse? I said, You want to move, you want to go to Nebraska? You're from Pennsylvania. This is your this is where you belong. And he he agreed. Um, I think the players really supported each other. Um, you know, uh, they, 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 the ones that stayed formed the bond and Billy did a great job. And he talked to them a lot about, you know, the tradition and what it meant to be a Penn state football player. And it really does mean something. It, it's, it's more than just football. It's, uh, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it, but the aura was obviously there. And that's what I think Billy played on that. You know, we had, we had all the alums come back, you know, Franco Harris came back. I mean, these guys just, they, they all rallied and they helped us. Um, you know, it just, it was, a, it was a, what an experience. Now I'll, I'll tell you the truth. When I was at Ball State, uh, while the Sandusky stuff was happening. Can I say Sandusky? I, I feel funny even saying it. No, you're, but, you're good. <laughs> okay, so in the morning, my wife at the time wasn't working. We were coaching. You know, I was coaching, and she had just moved out with us, uh, with me. I had been there for for uh, six or seven months by myself. But in the morning, I'd, wait, I'd, I'd go to work, and she'd be watching CNN or something like that, and they'd be talking about Penn State. And at night I'd come home and guess what? She was watching CNN and they were talking about Penn State. And I would say to her, they're not going to have football at Penn State. They're not, not going to have a season this year, this next year. And before I knew it, I was there coaching. So go figure. What was that call for Bill O'Brien like? Did you did you have to convince your wife or, you know? No, no. We were we, – my my children are, are older than his kids, and we were, you know, when we were at Duke together, my girls would, I have two two daughters, my girls would babysit, and uh, you know, we we stayed, we were, uh, we hung out at at Duke, you know, and uh, like I said, when he went to the Patriots, uh, we stayed in contact. As a matter of fact, we went to a game, and. Uh, you know, he hosted us and, you know, we uh, we went down to the locker room, uh, you know, after the game and, uh, you know, just we were we were pretty close. So I wasn't it wasn't a surprise that he called me. The surprise was that he was going to Penn State because, like I like I said, I didn't I didn't think I thought they were dead in the water. But when he said, you want to come? I said, yeah, of course, you know, because I knew he'd be fine. He, If there was a way he'd figure it out so. excellent we're going to take a quick break and then we're going to ask john some more questions here when we come back on the lashing out podcast on the sports now network welcome back to the second segment of the lashing out podcast on the esports now network He's Kevin. I'm Jared, and we've got former tight ends coach at Penn State, John Stroller, with us. So let's kick back 
right before break, we talked about Bill O'Brien giving you the call. What was it like to come to Penn State and then see everything unfold? Because as you mentioned, you didn't think there was going to be football at Penn State. Then you get to Penn State, there's still football, and then everything changes. Well, I th- I think we were we were pretty optimistic. Uh, you know, we had a tremendous football team. There must have been 20 NFL players at all levels when we got there. I mean, they were, we had plenty of talent that we had the resources, you know, we had uh, Larry Johnson and, and uh, Ron Vanderlinden. We had, we had a lot of support people. Um, so we, we thought it was maybe we we're going to pull this thing out. And then they hit us with the sh- sanctions and that was a rough day. Uh, you know, like I said, I was pretty insulated from, any controversies, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, probably I, I'm not sure how well I was received personally, but the staff, we had four guys on that coaching staff that, uh, you know, that had coached in national championships. I mean, we had an impeccable credentialed staff and uh, we thought, well, gee, we got these guys. This looks pretty good. You know, it's Penn State. We're going to be okay. And then when those sanctions hit, it was it was wild. We were, for a while there, it was pretty rocky. I wasn't sure what was going to happen. And uh, like I said, uh, Billy uh, leaned on, um, on uh, Craig Fitzgerald quite a bit. And, you know, the alums and, and Mike Mowdy. And, and uh, uh, it was... Uh, yeah, the kids, the kids did a good job, uh, really good job. And the ones that left, left. You know, nobody said anything. They just, you don't want to be here, go. You know, and uh, the ones that stayed, stayed. And they, I can't say enough about them. I can't, you know, it was, it was mystical that the, the, the whole thing was beyond any. You couldn't write a script. The way it was. I mean, we should have won more games, maybe. I don't know. We made a few, you know, those first two games were horrific, but we were still trying to figure it out. And, you know, after we got in the groove, boy, it was those dudes. And I'll tell you one thing those kids, they practiced like hard. Uh, they were animals. They showed up, they did it right. They, they went to class. I mean, it was just, you know, wonderful. I, I called it uh, football heaven. It was football heaven, you know. It was just, you know, it, I, I can't say enough about it. And I've talked to a lot of coaches. Most of the guys that I've worked with are either in the NFL or, or they're in the ACC or the Southeast Conference and this, that, and the other. And everybody's got problems. But when you factor everything in that we had to deal with, those kids were tremendous and uh, you know, it just, it, it worked out, but it worked out beyond anybody's expectation. Let's put it that way. Except for Billy's. I think Billy figured I'll figure this out. And he did. When you look at leaders, I think there's a, there's a category of leaders and then there's Michael Mowdy and Michael Zordich. What was it like seeing that type of leadership firsthand? Well, you know, those guys are, they're, they're like, Zordich and Maudi were, they were, you know, they were, uh, not only were they players, but they were, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Their fathers played there. 
They were, they were, uh, you know, they, they grew up with Penn state. They understood Penn state and they believed in it. And they, they just said to, they just kept hammering to the kids, you know, the other, the other guys, Hey, look, we came here for a reason. That reason hasn't changed. And yeah, you know, it was just, they, you know, they, they kept together. Now, once we got it going, it was just like football, you know, uh, you know, the guys that left, left and everybody else, you know, Billy did a pretty good job of bringing in Navy seals and, and, uh, people to speak with the, with the team. And, uh, but it was just football. We didn't, we didn't think about the other stuff. It was, at least I didn't. And it didn't seem like the guys that I was coaching did, um, you know, it wasn't football is not easy in the best of circumstances. You, you, you could win, uh, you know, the, there was a team that won the Super Bowl and they flew me in at, at one point from Elon to, to talk about offensive line play. And I'm like, you guys just won the Super Bowl. What am I going to tell you? But, you know, you're just going to try to get better every day. And these kids were committed to it. It just wasn't – there were no – you know, I'll tell you one thing. If anybody did anything that that was against the rules, Billy would kill him. He would just he'd take him at five o'clock in the morning and just kill him, and they wouldn't do it again. You know, he was he handled all the discipline. He did, you know, it was tremendous. So, you know, I, I don't. I think once we got over the hump and we got past those first two games in twelve, I think it was just football, and you know. It, other people might, might, you know, I, I mean, he got the Billy got the Maxwell Award that that year, you know, uh, and he deserved it. But uh, you know, the kids deserved it too. <laughs> they, they did, you know, they did what they were supposed. To, they did what they said they were going to do when they came to Penn State. So, and it helped. The other thing that helped tremendously, uh, the kids we were recruiting. Okay, and we we had talked about Hackenberg and, and yeah. Uh, can we can we go there? Like, what was what was the recruiting process for Hackenberg? I mean, he's the number one recruit in Virginia, the number two quarterback in the country. He's Penn State's seventh ranked quarter prospect of all time, and he comes in a year after the sanctions hit. As, you know, it's the second year that you guys are there. So what's what's that like? How do you get well, him I, to come? He could have gone yeah, anywhere. Yeah, I I don't I don't want to. I know I'm gushing about Bill O'Brien and all that. And believe me, he can be ornery, but he, uh, he, he just, he charmed those kids. He kept them, he kept them going. You know, he, he, he talked to them all the time. He and Hackenberg hit it off right away. And, uh, you know, Billy's, you know, I mean, Hackenberg used his influence to keep the rest of the kids coming. You know, and uh, it just, uh, you know, it, like I said, it was it was Penn State. You know, they would say to me, like, I, I can remember I was recruiting this kid and I couldn't get him on the board. It, they didn't really want him. The defense didn't really want him. You know, I was a tight end coach. What do I know? I was recruiting this guy. I'm not going to give his name. But, uh, you know, finally they go, okay, well, we want him. And I go, well, he committed someplace else. And they And I said, I said he committed to it was a, an ACC school, and they all looked at me and they went, "What are you talking about? Just call him and tell him to get over here. We're going to offer him." 
and I, I said, okay. And I called him and I told him to get over and he, he came and he committed. And, uh, yeah, it was just football heaven, you know, it was, it was, that's what it was. And, you know, the second year we probably should have won more games, but we were, it was a young team. We had lost because of the sanctions, we lost quite a few scholarship hats, you know, uh, kids graduated we couldn't replace them that type of thing i remember we when we uh received the kickoff it's in uh what where does the giants play what's that met stadium met life stadium yeah okay there's two there's two uh the two kickoff return men were walk-on freshmen wasn't one jesse della valley i don't remember who they were but i knew they were walk-on freshmen yeah i you know it, it was uh i'm 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 up in the box and i'm looking and i'm like yeah, so what? They're Penn State guys. They're going to do great. And we we won, you know. Unfortunately, Matt Lima got hurt that, that game, but that's uh, another story. If if so, Hackenberg doesn't come, do you think you have – I mean, you have recruited him. Kasicki, Godwin, Barkley. Do those guys come if he doesn't? Well, those guys were – Hackenberg came before those guys. But yeah. I, and I, I, I didn't have anything to do with Barkley. I had a lot to do with Jaziki. And Jaziki came because we said to him, we're going to run a pro offense and we're going to throw to the tight ends because that's what we do. You know, I think the first year uh, we led the, the Big Ten in, in total offense. And I think we led the nation in the tight end room in, in receiving, you know, uh, all tight ends in, in the country. We had four guys playing and they were they were good, you know. And uh, he it was it was an easy sell for First place, New Jersey for Penn State, go back 100 years. I mean, I don't care what you, you know, you're going to get, that's, that's, I used to call it our front yard, you know, and, uh, you know, they, you go in there, you know, you have, you have, anyone's going to talk to you. You have that little, that little uh, chipmunk on your chest in New Jersey, they're going to let you in. And half the guidance counselors in the state of New Jersey seem to have gone to Penn State. I mean, just hilarious. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm drawing blanks with some of these names, but like Jabril Peppers, you know, uh, uh, Rashawn Gary. I mean, every, we had shots at all these guys. So, you know, the fact that Hackenberg was there, I think his class – he held his class together. Um, you know, Adam Brenneman was another guy. Adam Brenneman was coming to Penn State if we were going to play eight-man football. I mean, that, he was coming. That's it. He's, you know, lived an hour away. He was coming. But those guys kept everybody else coming. And then, you know, we had some success. So, uh, you know, you, you, I tell you what, you get, a, you get a kid on campus there. Now, I don't know what it's like now. It must be even better. You know, I, I haven't been there in 10 years, but you get a kid from New Jersey or Pennsylvania on campus, you got a pretty damn good shot at them. You know, it's not very hard. And what people don't realize at Penn State, it's it's fairly remote. You know, uh, when we recruited there, I don't know what the rules are now. I don't know when, when you're allowed uh, uh, official visits, but we depended on unofficial visits so kids had to get in their car or use their dime to fly in so we were we concentrated basically in the northeast and we didn't really go past i don't know 
uh, we'd, we'd stay in Big Ten country in the Northeast. You know, we'd go into Illinois and Chicago and all that. But pretty much the, we drew the line, uh, you know, Ohio. We'd go in there. But we didn't let any, we didn't let very many people get past us from New Jersey. Try to, I remember I remember Quentin Nelson who wound up going to Notre Dame. He was in Ohio State visiting on his on his own dime, and he drove back and stopped at our place and sat with Billy. So, you know, it, it's the recruiting. I don't know how it works now. You know, with the NILs and all that stuff. But back then, the kids had to pay their own way. And the official visit was an afterthought. You know, that was just like a party that we had already known who was coming. So. How difficult was it with the scholarship limitations to recruit? It was tough. Uh, you know, you had to, you had to, it was like having, you know, a 500 pound gorilla in the room and people wanted to know, were you going to be able to sustain anything with the scholarship limitations? So that was a, that was a problem. Um, you know, I know, I know, uh, I was very involved with Jaziki and that, that was a big issue. Uh, you know, and the other thing was, is Billy going to stay, you know, is he going back to the pros is, you know, and, you know, I just would say to the kids, look, whoever's here, whether we're here or somebody else is here, you're, you're going to be here. And this is Penn state. Okay. And it's going to be fine. You know, don't, you're not, you're not going to come and play for us. You're going to come and play for each other. And so, you know, the, the problem about not going to the bowls and not being able to play, you know, a championship game and that kind of thing, that was, that was, had to deal with it, but still you want to come to Penn state or you want to go to, someplace else that's not Penn State I don't know come here and check it out I think you'll like it and you're going to love our players so that's how we did it excellent we're going to take another short break and we're going to come back for the third and final segment on the Lashing Out podcast on the Nittany Sports Now Network segment of the Lashing Out Podcast and the Esports Now Network. He's Kevin Quigley. I'm Jared Pergar. We're joined with John Strollo, former Penn State Nittany Lions tight ends coach. John, we talked about the recruiting process during the sanction era and how difficult that was, but it seemed like a lot more focus was given to the outside rather than the interior of the offensive linemen. What kind of went into that recruiting strategy and really what was the recruiting strategy while you were there? Uh, well, I, I, am not sure what you mean. We, we recruited based on need. And, uh, you know, if we, we were going to go after the top 10 type kid, uh, like I mentioned, uh, you know, uh, Rashawn Gary, uh, you know, uh, I mean, we were, we were going after those guys, Quentin Nelson, and we felt like we had a shot at anybody. Uh, I, I think without the sanctions, if the sanctions hadn't hit and, and we were eligible for whatever, you know, bowl games, things like that, I think, I think it would have been a tremendous, uh, we would have, we would have recruited tremendous classes. We had pretty good players recruited to begin with. 
you know, the, the Barclays and what have you, uh, you know, half the, half the guys are, uh, they're playing pro football, you know, but, uh, you know, it, it was what it was. It, it is what it is. You know, we had to deal with it. And uh, I thought for the most part, uh, anybody that was part of the organization did a f- first class job. The people in the, in the recruiting office were hardworking people, young, mostly young people that just did a, you know, did a yeoman's job, uh, showed up every day, didn't get paid very much or, or if at all and loved just love Penn State and Penn State football. And I think uh, under the circumstances, we, we did a pretty good job. You know, we really did. Um, that's From an outside my, perspective, you guys certainly did did a wonderful job. Well, I, you know, I, 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 I hope, I hope that, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I, I hope that the players that stayed get all the accolades that they deserve. Um, you know, the, the, the Zordiches and the Maudis and, and whoever, you know, whoever was there, uh, because they deserved a lot of it. And and so did Bill O'Brien and, and the rest of the coaching staff, you know, and, and support people. Everybody was was the Penn State, you know, it was it was a tremendous organization. So um but that, you know, that's my perspective. I don't know, you know, I, I don't have all the answers, certainly, but you know, when I say I'll say it again, football heaven. I used to go out on my balcony and eat lunch and look at, and I'd say, man, this, it doesn't get much better than this. I, I went, I went to visit NFL teams that didn't have the stuff we had. So. All right. Can we quick shift to today? Can you root for Penn State as a fan? What's, what's your, uh, what's your perspective whenever, on Penn State now? Whenever they're on, I watch them. And I've always rooted for them. You know, uh, James Franklin was very nice. Uh, and, uh, you know, you might say he, he gave me a courtesy uh, interview, but he, he didn't have to give me a courtesy interview. And, it was just, and I didn't fit in his plans, but I stayed loyal, uh, a, a, a loyal fan of Penn State just because of the experience I had there. Um, how could you not? I, I you know. I loved it, and and I uh, watch them all the time. I root for them all the time. You, do you have big hopes for the season? What are they going to do? I I don't know. I mean, this this past season was was pretty salty. Um, you know, the, the big bowl win, and and uh, you know, I mean, it's they're fun to watch. So I I don't know. You know, I don't know what the schedule is. I I don't follow them that way. I don't know the players by heart or anything like that. I just, I just turn the thing on and expect them to, to be Penn state and to pretty much what they do, you know? And uh, like I said, James Franklin is, you know, he's always been there 10 years now and yeah. winning, winning the Rose bowl this year. Right. Yeah. And his, sec- his second Rose bowl appearance. So, so there you go. What can you say? You know, I think he'd be pretty I, pleased I with the tight ends they have. I, you know, I'm, I, I don't have, I, I can't tell you who they have. Uh, it looks like they're pretty productive. They're, they're a little different. Uh, I will say this. They're a little different um, over the years that I've watched them than we were. We were more like a, we were like a, we were a, a, what they call a 12 outfit. 
and uh, so we tried to keep two tight ends on the field a lot of the time. And we were, you know, our job was to protect Hackenberg and and get open for Hackenberg and run the ball efficiently. And that's what we did. It was, a, you know, we were running a pro offense. We didn't we didn't run option things like that. Obviously, they, the James and them they're running off, option and offense. And same old salty defense uh, that Penn State from from forever. Jack Ham. I mean, you know, uh, you know uh, Matt Millen. I mean, just you know, same guys. Uh, so, but they're fun to watch. You know, they're, they're always been fun, and I love. I love seeing that stadium full of full of uh, white pom poms. You know that whiteout stuff. The first time I saw it, I was like, "Oh, oh my goodness gracious!" Unbelievable. Yeah, and, you, and you were there for probably the biggest whiteout win of all time. Is the or you know the second biggest? I say the biggest is probably 2016, but you were there for 2013 with Allen Robinson in the four overtime game. Well, I'll tell you, that was salty, boy. That I, I'd like, I'd like to think that was a big win for the history of Penn State. Uh, we we had uh, Jaziki up that week, and his parents. We went out with them after that game, and that, that game, that game got them to, to commit to us. And that was up in the press box watching that stuff, watching that, you know, that white out in the pom poms and all that. And it was snowing. I, if, if I if I remember correctly, I know it was cold and yeah, it was great. It was a great, great experience. Well, coach, we can't thank you enough for joining us this week. This has been awesome. Um, hope you're doing well. Hope your family's doing well. And uh, thanks again for joining us. Well, thank you uh, for inviting me. I, you know, I'm, uh, I'm honored to, uh, to be able to say, uh, you know, recount my experience at Penn state. And uh, I wish them the best, uh, you know, it was wonderful, and uh, I hope I hope we say us Italians we say Chendan. That means a hundred years, and I hope for the next hundred years they're they're just as good as they've ever been. Listen, before we go, I, we I, I because I know kind of the story. We have to know because John is um, obviously bringing back the tight end coach from a team from almost ten years ago, or it is ten years ago this year. Yeah, it's a little random, right? So, how did this come about with the connection that, that you and Kevin made? Um, because it's a, it's actually a, a really fun story. Uh, then I think we should wrap it up with. Well, I think Kevin ought to say it because I don't remember the the, the, the particulars. All I know is I got an email, and uh, you know it said Penn State, and I said, okay, let me find out about this. But go ahead. So I I I alluded to this last week, and then I kind of cut it off, but. Uh, Coach Strollo and I actually met at a Wawa in Richmond. Uh, my wife and I were on our way to a little volunteer event in the morning, Saturday morning, like seven o'clock in the morning. I'm wearing it's cold outside. I got my Penn State beanie on. And Coach Strollo and his wife are happened to be in the uh, Wawa, and he goes, "Fan of Penn State?" And I go, "Yeah, I went there. You know, I'm a love whatnot." He goes, "I used to coach there. I was the tight end coach." And then uh, him and I started talking and talking, and then both of our wives were kind of giving us the little like. Hey, the the eye roll like towards the door like hey it's time for us to go like we got stuff to do today and here here we are just yucking it up so yeah fun interaction yeah happy to find your email and uh thank you for responding <laughs> i'll tell you what it, anytime i have penn state gear on I'm, i run into somebody and uh 
that was that was a, a little serendipity there you know uh, 10 year 10 years of uh, anniversary or whatever you want but hey i appreciate the the opportunity and you guys uh, you keep it up and uh, you know we are penn state thank thank you john we greatly appreciate your time for kevin quigley this has been jared Prigar on the lashing out podcast and the sports now network please tune in again next week where we will get back to some analysis but as always we thank you for listening <laughs>